thanks for joining me today on this episode of the Vinyl Detroit podcast. I have a very, very special conversation coming to you today from a wonderful musician, uh, someone whose work that I've really appreciated over the last uh, probably year or two at this point. Uh, He just released a new album, which we're going to be speaking about the album that came out in 2021, Uh, but his new album is titled Summer at Land's End and is frankly uh, going to be on my album of the year list, and I'm guessing is going to be on some others. Uh, So for those regular listeners of this podcast, this is going to be a little bit different in that a lot of the old episodes or previous episodes focused on the music artist labels of uh, usually about the early 90s, uh, mid 90s. That was a really, really good time in music, at least in my opinion. Uh, This artist is very, very active right now. And uh, I think that makes for a little bit of a different interview. I know I had a lot of fun doing this. He was very open, uh, very, very funny. And um, I'm I'm hoping that this will be one that everyone enjoys. This particular episode is going to focus on his 2021 masterpiece that he did for Slumberland Records titled Uncommon Weather. Not only does he record his albums at home in Inner Richmond, which is a neighborhood of San Francisco, but he composes and plays nearly all the instruments on the album. So without any more delay, uh, today's episode is uh, going to feature Glenn Donaldson, the creative force behind the Reds, Pinks, and Purples. During this episode, we speak in depth about the album Uncommon Weather. We're going to talk a lot about living in San Francisco, his uh, song of the week club, and ultimately the vulnerability in his work. So with that, Let's listen to my discussion with Glenn Donaldson of the Red, Pinks, and Purples about his 2021 album, Uncommon Weather. Yeah. 
a track from today's guest uh today i have i'm so excited i have glenn donaldson from the reds pinks and purples joining me today uh welcome glenn thanks for having me brian yeah no this is really really cool i'm so excited to talk to you i i just we're going to talk a little bit about your band's album uncommon weather which came out last year and i mean if i had a top 10 list it would be right near the top i i, I don't really do those anymore i'm not really sure why i uh, ever did but um, definitely one of my favorite albums of last year. So, you know, I reached out to you. You were so gracious to to give me a little bit of time here to speak about it. And um, I guess for those who who maybe aren't as familiar with your music or, or your your career uh, as I am at this point, maybe you could share a little bit about how you got started. Frankly, just in music. Taking me back. Um, I'm from <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Fullerton, uh, which is in Southern California. Um, no the legendary orange county um uh which you know has a reputation but um well for housewives right various things yeah (laughs) uh very conservative place when i was growing up um so yeah the big thing there was was punk and fullerton is known for its punk bands and so yeah we kind of started off imitating that in the garage uh playing kind of punk and then that kind of became hardcore you know as we got a drummer that could play faster you know (laughs) um and then i kind of yeah i guess i basically just sang um or screamed into a microphone (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and uh yeah i don't know how to sum all this up because it's been a long time since then but yeah, fast forward many, many years. There we go. There we <laughs> the go. The time machine. Verbals. Yeah, there we go. And here we are. <laughs> well, that, that's no, I, no, I, I guess I could sum it up like music has always been important to me in the form of like a very strong hobby. I've always had, I've always worked and then done music on the side. And certain times in my life, I've been able to be more of a musician and, and in the traditional sense of like going on tour and things like that so it's always been there in my life and i feel like it's the thing i really love doing the most besides you know being with my loved ones or whatever um it's uh yeah it's 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 important to me uh, as a form of creative creative expression sure sure and you know we're going to talk a little bit about a little bit later about frankly how prolific you are <laughs> because you know there's there's just there's been a lot of releases in in frankly what i thought of as a short period of time but every one of them is just i don't know every one of them is as good as the one before it so again like we were sharing before the interview i'm so excited to to get the new album which i'm hopefully you'll be able to talk about here near the end um so i guess your your history your brief abridged version um does that include the red pinks and purples or or was that a different project from the socal days oh yeah i mean the reds pinks and purples is something i cooked up much much later um 
yeah, only recently really did it mm-hmm. kind of come to fruition. It's, it's something I've had in the background is like one day I'm going to do a pure kind of pop band mm-hmm. and it's going to be called the Reds, Pinks and Purples. Um, so passing through all these different bands and, and projects and more experimental things I was doing at some point, I always intended to kind of m- make myself the center of a, like a pop band. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, in my to me, this is all imaginary stuff. Like I just enjoy imagining these concepts and realizing them. And so the Red Springs of Purples kind of arrives finally, you know, much later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think I I could sum it up this way. I mean, I feel like I kind of had a lot of my projects had sort of wrapped up and I didn't really know what I was going to be doing if I was going to have be writing songs at all i was still wanted to make music but i didn't know if i was going to be writing songs sure um yeah and i just decided it was time i don't know just kind of i don't know <laughs> sort of a, a journey to self-acceptance like because because i only really ever wanted to like be in a band i never wanted to be the center of the thing yeah for sure and so i, I mean are you are you fairly comfortable there today i mean at this point in time i mean it's strange i wasn't expecting people to respond the way they have um which is really nice and also kind of like whoa okay i I, I feel like i put a lot of really uh personal feelings into this music so it's kind of kind of i feel exposed but you know i think that's that's why it's people are enjoying it too so that's it. I mean, that's, that's, you know, unfortunately I think that's a bit of the price you pay for bearing that, you know, you, you bared it and you were truthful and people connected to, to truth. I mean, you know, the average person can kind of see through the BS, but when you, when you hear those lyrics and, and, and the melodies underneath it, I mean, I was instantly hooked. It's funny how I came about hearing about you. So, you know, we're going to kind of get on the Instagram machine here in a minute, but I was, uh, I was, I follow Beth Arzi from uh, Aberdeen and Trembling Blue Stars and mm-hmm. all that. And, and one day she just posted like, "Got you got to hear this kind of thing." And I'm like, "What is that?" I'm like, "The name." I'm trying to remember what it is. I'm, and then I was instantly hooked. I, I totally knew why, you know, she would recommend something like that. So that that was my connection to to you and your band. And you know, I haven't looked back since. I, I frankly, I've shared it with a bunch of people, and we talk about it a little bit later. But I, I just I find it to be pretty accessible maybe in terms of you know independent type type rock pop kind of thing and mm-hmm. um so so it's been it's been easy to share which is really really great yeah i wanted to i was kind of i've been through a lot of evolutions as a musician um or you know i don't really still don't really consider myself a musician <laughs> but but i guess i was always very sincere about sort of breaking new ground sonically And then my intent eventually was to do something that was more just universal that I could just, and that's what this is. And I'm just, you know, trying to communicate to as many people as possible, which I never actually cared about before. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, wouldn't it be funny if I uh, did a pop band that was, you know, could be on the radio and then it, it worked and uh, that's just like <laughs> what <laughs> would it be cool if i could win a million bucks <laughs> well, i know yeah. i should have i should have aimed higher <laughs> that's funny yeah. uh so i guess you know obviously you you ended up 
uh, this record and and I'm sure the new one, I believe as well, is on Slumberland. Uh, You know, your first album was on Tough Love. And I guess I kind of want to see if I can maybe get the connection as to how you got hooked up with Slumberland. Well, I had a band called Art Museums um, that was a few years ago now, a while back now. and he did a seven inch. Oh, uh, I didn't realize that. Okay. But also, I know Mike, who runs the label. Um, just from the music scene, uh, mm-hmm. mutual friends. Like he did barbecues um, over in the East Bay. He lives over in in the East Bay, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, so we had some mutual. I guess I met him through the Mantles, probably. Okay. Um, that was a band that was on Slumberland. Um, now defunct, but. They were yeah. good friends of mine. Nice, yeah. You know, I think I'm on a uh, I'm on a Slumberland uh, roll here because about uh, I don't know a half hour ago I just posted my rocket ship episode. So maybe uh, I'll go. Yeah, classic. He, oh, he. Oh, it's so classic. I think I'm gonna maybe just go all Slumberland from here on out and just one after <laughs> the other. There's, there's a lot of there. a lot of good ones. Yeah. Yeah. There's enough to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I guess, you know, at this point we're going to take a small break and uh, throw in some summer shine. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) We're going to take a small break and listen to another track from Uncommon Weather. Uh, The first track that you heard at the beginning of my discussion with Glenn was Don't Ever Pray at the Church on My Street. Uh, It was the opener. I've probably worn it out by now, but it's such a great track. So I want to listen to another track here. uh, And this is called The Songs You Used to Write. And um, we're going to talk a little bit more about influences for Glenn and everything, but I definitely hear a little bit of East River Pipe here, uh, particularly on the instrumentation. But I just I think the star is Glenn's lyrics and delivery. It's just it's really, really good. So let's go ahead and give the songs you used to write a spin. Changed my life 
The salt is dry They changed my life I'll chew the gun From the band I used to buy From the band I used to buy compared to everybody you know (laughs) it's funny because i read about and i'm like everybody's comparing you to everything yeah you know that's really funny i um i first i was like god this is absurd i started making a list (laughs) um and some of them were just so far flung i'm like wow but then then i kept would see like a few really strange ones like in England, I seem to get compared to Bruce Springsteen. Okay. You know? <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> and I'm, it's not that I'm not a Bruce Springsteen fan, but, sure. but, um, I mean, he's one of the greats for sure. It's just, I just never would have connected my songs to his, but, but I started listening to a bit after seeing that. And I was like, oh, I guess I can kind of see it, certain songs. Really? But, um, yeah, but, but yeah, our delivery and everything's completely, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, literally been compared to about 50 different bands. (laughs) I mean, there was so many, but I think I may have found one that I didn't see, but I totally heard, which obviously I'm going to ask you about in a bit here. So uh, how did, let me ask you a question about the the songwriting arrangement. How does the band really approach that? You know, the the recording process, songwriting arrangement. Could you maybe share a little bit about that? And I guess in particular, really on just this album, I just wanted to know more about that, if you wouldn't mind sharing. Sure. I mean, f- basically, the recordings are mo- almost all me. Uh, um, the band is kind of separate, and I kind of give them carte blanche as, as a live band. Okay. But when I'm making the records, it's usually just me. Occasionally, I'll get someone to guest come in and, and do something. But yeah, the songwriting process is, is tied in with the recording process for me. So it's just really annoying thing to be part of if you're not me you know so um and i wouldn't want to and also i'm just very self-critical and and i wouldn't want to drag other people into my like psychic drama of trying to (laughs) achieve these dumb little songs you know do you want i mean i guess a follow-up on that i mean are 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 all of these songs then i mean arranged written recorded by yourself and then maybe you know, hey, we're going to take this live and maybe go play some shows. Or do you ever try to work out like any of the the instrumentation or arrangement with the band, or is it just you? It's just me. Um, okay. Yeah, I just. Yeah, I, I just I think we were talking about magnetic fields before, and one thing I like about his music is is where it's almost like the music doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. It's more the song. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of more what I was, I've been pushing towards, um, toward the music could be almost interchangeable, but, but it's really the story and, and the delivery of that, that song moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of just, I just think of the music as very secondary. So, um, 
yeah to have a band like go through the trouble of <laughs> trying to learn it and and then me saying ah but it's not right then you know yeah we, i don't know i sure. did i don't know if i answered that but. no no definitely you know we we have conversations around these parts you know i'll i, I got a couple I, I played in the band shoestrings and back a million years ago but we um we have conversations about music quite a bit even still and it's funny how when you that's talk, an excellent it's an excellent record by the way oh yeah isn't it really, I had, really good? i had that record yeah yeah oh, i had you. that record yeah i played i played drums and uh guitar on on two tracks and i actually played drums on the first track but they re rearranged it after i'd recorded it so i was cut out but i do have the live drum version which if they're listening i still think is better <laughs> uh, um but but uh we, you know we'll, we'll take we'll take a a song or whatever we'll be listening to it in the car on the way to a show or something and someone will just go wow you know listen to the bass on that or listen to the you know the the lyrics or whatever and everybody kind of keys in on something else and i've found that i'm i'm by far a melody guy like that's just what like that's what's most important to me but my friend john who is also in shoestrings he'll tell you like the rhythm is what he catches first it, it's mm -hmm. and there's other people who like the lyrics mean everything and i just I think it's cool. That's what I like about music. I mean, it just kind of depends what your kind of what your view on it is, is what you take out of it. And I love melody. Yeah, I feel like I, I'm the same way. I, I kind of, but I'll, I feel like I when I sort of launched this project, I kind of took stock of what was going on and in, in music. And I just, I really like these type of songs that have a story, a very distinct kind of world that you enter. Yep. And so I was kind of striving for that. Um, that feel um yeah. like bell and sebastian does that so well or you know magnetic fields of course easter pipe you yeah. know different kinds of stories than magnetic fields but like <laughs> you know just very vivid sure sure well that's funny you bring all those up because you know i wanted to ask you a little bit about influences and and, and you know and particularly and i think you kind of answered it already but in, in particular the the effect of the magnetic fields i mean I hear, like we talked about before, you've been compared to at least 50 other bands or acts. Um, you know, I hear a lot of East River Pipe. I catch a lot of felt in there. Um, but the one that, like I was saying, the one that I, during my research, that I never saw mentioned was Magnetic Fields. And I'm thinking about, like, you know, the album 69 Love Songs. And, I mean, it goes back to your point. There, there's, a, there's a definite theme there. And, you know... It's funny because it all works together. It's like one cohesive recording, even though every song is obviously all over the place there. Um, I think they all obviously tell a story of obviously about love. So um, very cool. And I think I think you got it on this album. This album's, you know, I, I can I can sense the themes, which we're going to talk about a little bit later here. Um, I have been a huge fan of the artwork. And I'm sure you get a lot of comments on it, particularly those of us who have never been to San Francisco or been to the neighborhood there. Um, you know, I guess for those who who don't haven't seen the album or haven't seen the singles, uh, the, the artwork's really consistent. I mean, m most of the, excuse me, most of the covers have photos of of homes and, and different things in that neighborhood, which I believe is, they call, they call the Richmond neighborhood, Inner Richmond? That's correct, yeah, cool. the Richmond. Yeah, yeah. Um, Richmond. Which, which is obviously, I mean, a, now it's a place I want to go visit for sure. But could you maybe share a little bit about deciding to, to take on that aesthetic for the for the, the the artwork? Yeah, I feel like I've kind of become an ambassador for this neighborhood. <laughs> I've done so much uh, 
cuss and stuff about it. Um, I hope it doesn't draw too many people here. Oh um, yeah, you risk it. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I when I was shaping the idea for the project, um, I really was going to make it personal and 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 be about my experiences and pe experiences of people I know. And yeah, I've been taking walks around the neighborhood and often I'd write the songs in my head kind of as I was walking and, you know, and then I realized it was dusk and I'd look up and I'd say, oh, this, that, you know, apartment looks really beautiful the way it's lit right now. And I just started snapping photographs. And so it just all kind of as part of the same experience, really, the songwriting kind of wandering the neighborhood and kind of imagining little stories you know that that, that could be taking place sort of like a village dream preservation society kind of thing <laughs> you know um yeah so i guess i guess it's it's but at first i was like i don't know if this is are these interesting enough to be sleeves and but then you forget because i'm from here it's these are just kind of things i see every day but then people from other places they're kind of these magical images like they're exotic to them yeah, you nailed it with that. I mean, you know, obviously, I haven't. I've been to California. I've just not been to San Francisco. And you know, when I started seeing these these covers, I was like, I have, I have to go here. I have to see this place. And um, and I think the the part that that makes the most sense. Yeah, I don't know if you. I did an episode a couple episodes ago with Matthew Jacobson of Le Grand Magisteri. I mean, big like graphic designer extraordinaire. I mean, he's done like Spoon albums and Jack White stuff. Right. But he, right. he always talks about how like. You know, he, when he looks at a cover of the album, the, the music has to connect with that cover. And if it doesn't, it just never really feels right. And I feel like, I mean, and it makes sense that you're kind of walking around the neighborhood and kind of composing these songs in your head. I think it's like exactly perfect. It's the perfect covers for these. And um, Oh, wow. Thanks. That's, yeah. that's nice. Of you I think say. you nailed it, frankly. <laughs> cool. <Thanks. Yeah. laughs> Good job. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, I, I often think of, uh, visual aspect before I kind of come up with a project. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure what the visual sort of totem would be for this one, but until, yeah, my friend Chris Berry from Soft Abuse Labels, like, just use the photographs. And I was like, oh, duh, that's, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, <laughs> that's funny. So I guess I got to credit him, but, but uh, yeah, so anyway so you know you mentioned earlier on that you know and, and i and i guess my next question somewhat is related to this but you know you mentioned that you don't want to talk too highly of the neighborhood in case people start moving <laughs> in which is really funny um I, you know i guess i was i was trying to research a little bit about the music scene there and, and and i don't know if it's just i'm not as versed in the san francisco geography but i guess what's what's living in in that neighborhood and living around that neighborhood What's the music like is, I guess, part one of of my question. And then I think you answered part two, which is really how did the neighborhood influence your music? So I guess you can answer both. You can answer the first one. It's completely your call. But I just want to try and make that connection between the neighborhood and, and, and your your work. There's there's quite a music scene here right now, um, okay. just all over the city and, and in the East Bay too. Um, but yeah, specifically in the Richmond, it's one of those neighborhoods that it's a little bit cheaper, so you end up having a f musicians and artists um, in a place like that. Yep. Although not too many, it's a very small group of people. Um, 
like the the band the umbrellas they live on or some of them live on my block so nice. i can i can walk to the store and also knows i'll hear them rehearsing <laughs> um so it is very very local um there's a band uh, telephone numbers and april magazine lives in this neighborhood too that's nice. another great band so yeah kind of all converged here and then started putting out records and people started to take notice which is I guess I wasn't really expecting it. Um, it just felt like, you know, San Francisco has changed a lot. There's not as much of an audience here for, you know, indie rock or whatever. Sure. Um, it just seemed very, it seemed like people doing it for themselves and just to play in an art gallery or something, mm -hmm. you know, not, not too ambitious. Um, yeah. You know, I, that, that's okay though. And you know that. I mean, I'm not. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, I'm not I like giving. It, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's that's really, really cool. I mean, I live here in Metro Detroit and, you know, I there's no live music and very little, frankly, culture where I'm at. <laughs> um, so, you know, I do appreciate when when neighborhoods have that. I mean, I, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, Brooklyn back in the early 2000s. I mean, there was just so many acts came out of that area. And now it's it's you probably have to have a. Uh, you know, a six and a half figure job to live there, which is, you know, unfortunate, but um, it's nice to see that at least that neighborhood has, has that art still. Uh, I'd like to take another break here and listen to another track from Glenn's album. Uh, this is the biggest fan. And I find myself frankly humming this most of the day. Uh, it's, it's so good. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's a little bit different than the other, uh, the other songs lyrically. Uh, yeah, I won't give it all away. I don't like asking artists about what the songs are about, but, um, I definitely hear the magnetic fields on this one, particularly in the vocals. So I'd like to go ahead and give the biggest fan a spin. <laughs> Biggest fan 
you know, I, I kind of mentioned this on the last uh, the last part that I don't really like, you know, asking, uh, you know, artists what their songs are about. But I did notice and it, maybe it's similar to our magnetic fields talk, but I notice a lot of songs that that feature love in that. And, you know, I do know just having made music myself in the past that something that direct about that type of subject is is difficult for some. And um, I wish it wasn't because I think it, it's really, really good. And I think that's why I connect to it. But I guess I wanted to ask you, did you consciously compose this way with respect to some of these love themes? Uh, or I'm not sure how to ask this question. Normally, when, when, when it seems like when there's a song about love, it's done a little bit more subvertly or subversely where it's kind of like a theme. But yours, I think you come out and say it more. And I guess... <laughs> I, and I, and I, I think it's really cool because I always wonder, like, why don't people just sing about it? Can you maybe share a little bit about that? Are you comfortable with that? Is it just tell me more about that? Because it's really unique. Uh, that's interesting. Um, I hadn't thought about that. But, yeah, I feel like I'm influenced by besides, you know, the 90s stuff I, we talk about that, we, mm -hmm. that I like or the 80s pop, um, which gets mentioned a lot. I mean, I'm a student of songwriting, you know, country music. Um, girl groups, um, you know, like the Shanger Laws and, okay. and the Ronettes, you know. Sure. R.I.P. Ronnie. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So just the idea of, yeah, throwing out, you know, love in the title, it's, I feel like it's just kind of a classic songwriting thing. And it's just kind of fun to play around in that, in those, in those styles, I guess. Yeah, you know, I guess I'll kind of take that as I'm looking at the chronology of things, probably more in that that 60s vibe. It was probably more accepted to sing about that and then a little bit into the 70s. But by the 80s, like, I don't think anybody was very few were doing it in that respect, like that directly. So the fact that you were, you know, you had some country music influence and a lot of that 60s stuff, that's probably where a lot of that comes from. Yeah, or, or soul music. like yeah you know just being open with your feelings and being vulnerable like I, i'm really influenced by that uh i was kind of trying to convey a sense of vulnerability mm -hmm. and and i feel like like soul music does that so well yep. um you know i was thinking of the delphonics they have the song hey love you know oh, sure. <laughs> which oh, is like sure. I wish I came up with that. Hey, love. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, what's more epic than that? You know, um, sounds like a good cover for you to do. Uh, yeah, I wish, but uh, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't dare. But that's no, uh, toughy. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, I guess I guess the origins of what you like probably probably help to allow you to express that vulnerability. You know, I'm, I'm sure I mean, I know a lot of musicians and, you know, they're they are able to express their emotions. I mean, that's pretty much why they do this, but I felt that you, you went further than that and you really just put it out there. And, and I think maybe that's again, going back to earlier, why people have connected with this is that it just feels somewhat vulnerable and raw and honest. And I just, I guess people really respond to that. I know I do. So that's that makes cool. Sense. I mean, yeah. uh, thanks for saying that. That's, oh. that's nice. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm, you know, I was talking about this with someone else. I'm, I'm influenced by comedy as well. <laughs> so I love um, comedy. <laughs> you know, everyone does, but but you know, like the best comedy is like this paradox, right? It's yep. it, it's this 
form, a craft, telling a joke, but it really becomes like next level when it's this vulnerable vulnerability is shown. Yeah. You know, like Louie Anderson, who just passed away, was like one of my favorite comics. And he's oh, just yeah. like a beautiful artist. Like he's more than a, t- a guy telling jokes. You know, there's just this sensitivity there that is just so moving. And, I, you know, I was, so that's kind of like my ideal. Yeah. 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 He let, I mean, he let you in as a comedian. You know, he, it wasn't like he, there was this, this, um, I don't know, like this veil between you and, and he, I mean, he did let you in and you, that's why I think people took it the news so, so hard is that a lot of people felt like he was like their older brother or the neighbor or the uncle. That's really funny. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah that's, Just that's really amazing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's cool that comedy had a, an influence as well. Um, so I mentioned this earlier that I, I just feel like this album is very accessible. Um, stylistically, I think it's really, really consistent. Uh, but but at the same time, I think it explores kind of different takes on pop. I mean, some albums, you know, you, you buy them and you hear you hear a track that you really like. So you're like, I'm going to pick it up. I think I like these guys. And then you find that it's it's just, I don't know, it's just too much. Oh, boy. Too much experimentation. Songs don't sound consistent. You're like, what, you know, why is it side A sounded this way, side B sounded the other? And that is not the case with this at all. I feel like no matter when I put like put it on, it's just really, really consistent. So I guess my question with that super long lead in is, um, did you have to resist the urge to take the sound in different directions? Or is this, is this really natural for you to, to kind of write and record in this fashion? You know, I've done a lot of different um, types of sounds and styles, but um, I like within a project, I like to keep it consistent, just like what you're saying. Because like my favorite kind of records to listen to are like, stuff where almost every song is just you're gonna you're gonna get that same buzz like augustus pablo comes to mind like i have a million augustus pablo (laughs) records and they vary but but from a certain era you you can you can hardly tell them apart um but they're all amazing um and then or like galaxy 500 that's another band that did that really well like three albums that's like a perfect career right galaxy 500 Three Perfect. albums, every song is very similar. It's just a, a tight aesthetic, you know? <laughs> and so I'm definitely like gunning for that. I feel like that's just yeah. something that I just really enjoy a tight kind of listen. I'm glad you said that because, you know, when I was writing this, I didn't want you to think this question. I didn't want you to think that it was, you know, just too much of the same because that is not at all how I feel. I feel like it's, it's like kind of different takes on a similar theme versus, you know, some albums that just kind of like all over the place and you really never really connect with what the theme is. I get the theme with your stuff. And and I think that's, that's probably why I connect with it so much. So that makes sense. I enjoy, I enjoy when the songs overlap, like, like I'll often even come up with similar lines and mm-hmm. just by accident. And then I'll just kind of lump those songs together because they do have a similar way of phrasing or a similar chord progression. I just, I kind of, I don't, I just look at it as part of a whole kind of statement. Yeah, sure. Sure. Love it. I mean, I love that, that approach for sure. And I think it comes through. There's no doubt. You know, I was, I was doing research for this, of course, and I came across, I think it was the San Francisco Chronicle who spoke to you and you know you mentioned this earlier on that that you had given up on 
really song oriented music saying you were sick of failing at earlier projects, <laughs> which I love. I have to ask you about this. Um, so, you know, why did you feel that way? And then what was, I guess you kind of talked about it a little bit before, but really, I mean, what was that final turning point to say, I want to get back into the pop, the pop genre and make, make pop albums for, per se. <laughs> wow. This, yeah, this, We'll have to bring in a, a therapist to help facilitate <laughs> this part of the, the conversation. But um, yeah, uh, I guess, you know, we, we all struggle with self-doubt and and doing music is difficult um, to sort of overcome your self-doubt um, and overcome your what you see as your flaws. Sure. And, I, and I just, at some point, I just kind of forgave myself my flaws mm -hmm. and just kind of moved past it. And just, I guess one of the breakthroughs was I had this song of the week club <laughs> with a couple friends, uh, Michael from the mantles and Anthony from a band called nods. And we just decided to write each, write a song every week. Wow. And so it was just and without judging yourself, just kind of as an exercise and just kind of transcend your inner self-critic and just <laughs> <laughs> write whatever like you know it could be totally ridiculous or just bad or great but just to write something and i feel like this that was a real breakthrough for me um just being like oh a song can be anything why am i so worried about what the song is supposed to be and just yeah. just make the song wow wow yeah yeah really you know after well, first off, the uh, the bills in the mail for the therapy, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what a, what an exercise though to do that. I mean, that really did, I'm sure, force you to think pop. I, I mean, I have to assume I, don't, I didn't hear the songs. I'd, I'd actually love to, but it probably forced you to think in terms of those, you know, three to four minute pieces, and and that I'm assuming that probably was the gateway to getting back into pop music. Yeah, exactly, and yeah. and just ended up writing a ton of song. a lot of the material from that era of doing that song of the week club just became the basis for everything i'm doing now that's cool um and I eventually kind of just got better at it and more started to own it more rather than just writing songs just for an exercise just started to really try to put as much feeling into the songs as i could that that you know to try to tell stories that were i don't know just yeah, that rang true, as yeah. true as I could make them. Although they're not all, you know, nonfiction or anything. It's just kind of the feeling, the mood to be something that you experience yeah. and not something that, not a, an idea about a song, but but a sort of a mood. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. My 18-year-old my daughter explained to me what a mood is one day. <laughs> I'm still not sure I understand. That's a new thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. She's like, well, that's a mood. I'm like, I don't really know what you're talking about. And then I'll say, well, is that a mood? And she'll say, no. I'll go, is that a mood? And she'll go, sort of. I'm like, what's the difference between those two things? <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so we're going to jump into another track here, which, again, is one of my favorites. That's why I picked it is um from uncommon weather it's the record player and the damage done uh this song features you know your wonderful lyrics again like we've talked about in the vocals uh i i love the the chorus on this one and you had mentioned earlier on that there was you know some 80s influence to to your music and i and i definitely heard that in the melody here so we're going to go ahead and give the track the record player and the damage done a listen mm -hmm. 
everybody I speak to uh, about an album this question it's one of the only questions I do ask everybody um, because I think it's important when 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 people maybe hear this album and, and really start to love it the way I do uh, is there anything looking back on the creation of, an, of this album that you would have maybe done differently yeah everything no <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, no you just took no, away my I favorite just... albums <laughs> <laughs> no I'm just I'm a very harsh self self critic. I mean, I, sure. I record it and I write it, so I'm always imagining how oh I could have just tweaked that right there. So yeah. I, I tend to not listen to him back. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm ha I mean, I I like the first two as well, but this uncommon weather, I could see how it was a little bit of a move up from the other two because just because I got a, some new equipment and so I'm yeah. even kind of fine-tuning that as well so yeah, yeah the the best one will be the next one i do <laughs> <laughs> you know i guess i guess a kind of a follow-up on that i'm not you know i'm actually an interviewer by trade so I, I i do interviews well i haven't done many lately but i've been interviewing people for 20 plus years and i guess i'm not gonna let you totally off the hook on this one because i want to know when you when you i actually have the album sitting right here next to me but when you put this together i mean are there i don't know Let's say you've got, you know, 11, 12, 13 tracks that make an album. I mean, are there like 20 total, like with like seven in the can that didn't make it? Or 
or is it just like, no, I set out to write these songs and this is what made the album? I figured out I wrote um, about 80 songs in the last last three years. So um, they're kind of like little best ofs of the batch I'm working on. So I feel like they start to kind of, the songs come together around certain themes, mainly lyrical or I guess I, I start to tweak little things about each song and then that kind of becomes the next batch. Um, okay. It's hard to say what that is, but because no, yeah, it's well, kind of a fine, um, something I only I would notice maybe. Um, yeah, and I think- Yeah, that- so so it is, it is kind of just sort of a, the best of, of a large pool of songs. And I've actually brought the labels in on, on the tracking and what songs do you like? I've never actually done that before. And it just kind of felt like, oh, it'd be neat to just do the opposite of what I did have done before, <laughs> which is control everything, you know, and just kind of like get the label's opinion. Hey, here's a batch of songs. What do you like? So I just kind of threw it open to see which songs connected the most, I guess. And I guess, you know, I, I guess I have another follow-up on that, but I mean, and not trying to, you know, quote unquote, throw anybody under the bus. But I mean, do they generally, when you're collaborating with with selection of, of songs like that, I mean, do you guys usually agree? Or I mean, is there a situation where they they tend to go for songs that maybe you wouldn't have? I feel like I have final say. So okay. I kind of send them a huge folder of songs, and this is what I've been doing with this project. And I just just told the various labels to pick their favorites and then i sort of fine-tune the track list at the end um to, to where i feel like i've made the songs connect the way i wanted them to so i just kind of yeah it's i i'm just curious to i've been curious as to how people connect and react to it in a way that i haven't been before yeah yeah that that's that's pretty neat i mean that's got to be I mean, I guess we're kind of back to vulnerability again as a theme. I mean, to to take this really huge catalog of songs and 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 share it with somebody else and say, "Hey, you you pick them." And obviously, you've got that final approval, but um, that's vulnerable. I mean, that's so different than saying, "Hey, here's my work," and you know, don't change it, don't don't resequence it, don't do anything. This is what I think it should be, and. Right. Um, yeah. Just take... more how I approached things before. Yeah. 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 That's totally so I was kind of doing. I'm in opposite land right now. Like I'm doing everything the opposite of what I used to do, <laughs> um, which is just interesting to see how it plays out. But uh, it's yeah. I just it is it is kind of like yeah, like putting yourself up on the chopping block or something. It's really strange. Yeah. Yeah. I just I don't think I've ever heard an artist. You know do that that way but i mean that, that also goes to show that you've trusted the, the the folks that have released the albums and you know you appreciate their input and you know sometimes as you know it's not those relationships don't always end up like that so that's good that's good it's worked out for you, you, know, you oh yeah of, i know these guys yeah. have good taste so i just yeah i thought it'd be fun to just be like <laughs> yeah throw, throw it out to the committee see what happens no i love that i think it's really cool you know and, and you did mention that you know just a second ago that you've got or you had or you've got whatever the the terminology is you know this big bank of songs and i actually had a question about that um kind of as we get towards the end here this is actually i think my final question but you're you're really prolific and 
you know, it, it's funny because every couple of days I feel like I open my email and I get another band camp. Hey, there's another song from the Reds, Pinks and Purples. I'm like, darn it. I got to go buy another song. Um, but, but that's, that's really, really cool. And I guess, you know, for the listeners out there, we spoke a little bit about this earlier, but just what are you up to right now? I know there's a little bit of news that, that, you know, you could kind of share with everybody about an upcoming record. Yeah. The newest record, which is an, a double LP in some places, a single LP, LP in others, but uh, it's uh, that's coming out Friday, um, which February fourth, I guess, is the date. Yep. Since since this will be pre recorded, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I I was releasing so much music j- just to kind of be free of it. Yeah. I just felt like, hey, I'm just gonna put this stuff out to the world who cares and I didn't realize you know it's great that people picked up on it and and put it on vinyl but yeah I just I felt like that's the most contemporary thing I do is it just make music all it makes songs and put them out it's just how people create content I guess and on Instagram or something um I, I think it's kind of like that and people like to check in and see what i'm singing about this week i don't, I don't know <laughs> it is kind of the song of the week club again <laughs> right yeah it's that concept yeah i don't it's not quite weekly but but yeah i try to get at something out each month um, yeah. yeah yeah no it's it's all and it's funny because it's always really really good you know it's like there's there's it's all what do they say all killer no filler i mean every track that i i go on i always buy them direct from Bandcamp and everything and i'm just like oh my god I'm like this is another good like how prolific is this guy? <laughs> so that's really, really good. That's a testament to you. You've oh, definitely thanks. connected that's... with with this guy over here. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, there's no doubt. So you know that kind of brings us towards the end of the interview. I just I really appreciate your honesty and your openness. I think I think I've learned a lot about you know you and your songwriting and 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 this album, which I've again you know really grown to love. Um, you know, I guess for those of you who maybe haven't picked this up, you can get Uncommon Weather and and as well as the the new album coming out, you can definitely buy those direct from Bandcamp. Get on there right now, buy the double LP if you can. Uh, it's got a I think it's one disc full of instrumentals, which has got me really wondering what that's going to be all about. Uh, but again, Glenn, thanks for coming on and having this conversation, uh, talking about your album, which is one of my favorites of last year, Uncommon Weather. Uh, frankly, it's been a joy for me to speak with you. I'm really really excited. And again, thanks for spending some time with me. Oh, thanks so much for the thoughtful questions. It was, oh, it was fun. I, I had a great time. So we're going to close out this the show here with one of the more, I would consider, classic pop songs on the album. Uh, I, I feel like this one could have been a Sarah release back in, say, 1994, um, which is frankly a massive compliment. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Sarah, and there's obviously a lot of connections between your music and you know kind of the music of that era so to close out this interview uh we're going to take a listen to i'm sorry about your life uh glenn again thank you for joining me today thank you Tell me how you wake up 
just a fantastic interview with Glenn of the Reds, Pinks, and Purples. He was beyond generous in speaking to me about his 2021 album, Uncommon Weather. Uh, You know, he was a great sport, uh, really funny, really open. Uh, He just released his newest album, which is titled Summer at Land's End. And um, I've been listening to it here for about a week and a half. And I will dare to say that it's going to make most album of the year top 10 lists. Uh, probably will be at the top of many. Uh, it really is a, a, frankly, a masterpiece of independent pop. Uh, you know, like Glenn talked about during the interview, I mean, he really set out to make a pop record with Uncommon Weather. And I think with Summer at Land's End, he really took it to another level. The fidelity is great. The songwriting is solid. It's just very coherent. Uh, from beginning to end. And, you know, if you're not a fan yet, uh, you should be. You should go and stream this album. You should buy it on vinyl from Bandcamp. Do whatever you have to do to get really both Uncommon Weather and Summer at Land's End. I guarantee you, you won't be disappointed. So, as always, you can hear uh, this episode as well as all the previous episodes on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, We're basically on all of those. So whichever one you want to listen to, take some time, listen to it. Take a chance to listen on some of the previous episodes. There's some really, really good ones there. Uh, Feel free to leave a comment. As always, I love reviews, positive reviews. Uh, Help, frankly, help keep this show going. Help keep me motivated to keep putting these shows together. Uh, I'll be honest, this isn't a real easy job putting a podcast together. There's a lot of work in terms of contacting the artists or the folks behind these recordings, uh, scripting it out, recording it, uh, editing it, but it is a labor of love. And the more I can hear from the folks that are listening, I think the better the show will be. So again, thank you to Glenn Donaldson of the Reds, Pinks and Purples for speaking to me about his album, Uncommon Weather. And we're going to close out today's show with another great track from Uncommon Weather, And that is, I hope I never fall in love. And thanks again for listening.
Falling 